Praise the Lord. It's so beautiful when we see somebody coming forward when taking up the ministry to serve God. It's a beautiful thing. Um, let this not be the only time that you pray for this brother. But every time that you go on your knees, remember him. Remember his family. Pray for faithfulness. That he will be faithful all the days of his life. Amen. Um, are there anyone, this is your first time in our church. Is there anyone, this is your first time in our church. Can I see your hands please? Anyone visiting us for the first time? Praise the Lord. Could, I stand, could you stand for a minute please if you don't mind. Just stand up in your places. Please stand up. This is your first time. Church, look around. Look around. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is the Bread of Life service. If you don't have any other place to worship on a Friday, our doors are opened. Our hearts are opened also. Uh, after the service, don't be quick to go away. Just wait for a minute. Come, come to the front. One of the leaders will meet you and pray with you. Uh, let us stretch forth our hands and pray for these brethren. They are not here by accident. The Lord is bringing them in. It's God who is bringing them here. They are not just walked in by accident. Father, we pray, Master. Lord, we pray that you will meet them at the point of need, Dari. We pray, Father, that everything they do, Lord, will bring glory to your name. We pray, Master, that they will not turn to the right or to the left. Father, we pray, Master, that they will understand your voice. They will hear your voice, Master. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you will minister to them today, Lord God. They will never go back the same, but they will go rejoicing, touched, yield, Master. Father, we pray that every desire that they have, whatever be the questions that they have, you will answer them today, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please be seated, my brothers. In the month of October, we had our first message as I was doing the study on the book of James. And I did an introduction in the month of October and we've seen, there was, can I have that slide please, sister? We've seen the introduction and I titled that introduction as the sign of maturity. That was my first uh, thing, sign of maturity. And there were five points that I took up. That's not the sign of maturity. Uh, there are five signs. Can I have the next slide, my sister? The first point that we discussed and we studied that day, the ability to remain positive under pressure. Number two, maturity is being sensitive and loving towards others. The third point that we looked at is maturity is mastering one's mouth. The fourth point is when we become peacemakers and not troublemakers. And the last point was maturity is patience and prayer. Those were the five points that we've seen in the month of October as the introduction to the book of James. And then in November, we took the first, uh, uh, from verse 1 to verse uh, uh, 11, 12 actually we touched, from verse 1 to 12. And I titled that, yes my sister, I titled that, How to Triumph Over Troubles. How to Triumph Over Troubles. And we looked at four main points. Is we learned how to profit from our problems and our circumstances, number one. Number two, we learned how to turn trials into triumphs. And then we looked at four facts of life. Fact number one is we looked at the reality of our trials. 
the reason for our trials, the response to trials, and the reward to trials. So this is what we covered in this last two times that the Lord had enabled me to be here to teach you on the book of James. And we are going to do the third study today. And we are going to look from verse 12 to verse 18. I want to go back one verse so that you will have a glimpse to know what, where I left behind. I don't want to catch you by surprise. So we could, we'll read from verse 12. Open your Bibles to James chapter 1. If you have a notebook, I request you to take notes so that the enemy will not put you to sleep. And if you see your neighbor slumbering for some reason, very lovingly tell them I love you. Okay, don't say you're sleeping. Don't do that. Blessed, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. Mm. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Amen. Let's bow our heads. I want you to pray for yourself, and I want you to pray for the person on your right or your left, and say, Lord, speak to our hearts. Speak to my heart. Speak to the person who is on my right and my left. And then I want you to pray for me that God's word will come with, with authority. And it will not be mine, but it will be his word. I want you to do these three things. Pray for yourself, for the person on your right and your left. Pray that there will be no disturbance. Pray that your mind will not wander away. Pray that heaven's doors will be opened today to you. That you will receive a revelation of his word. That no word will be hidden from you today, but it will be exposed to you. And all truth will be revealed today in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for your word, Master, because your word is life, Master. Your word is power, Lord God. Father, we pray that your word will come today and manifest itself, Lord God, and reveal who Jesus is. will reveal who you are, Lord God. And Father, it will show us, Master, how far are we to you, Lord God. But Father, we pray that your word will draw us today to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. I've titled today's exhortation or today's teaching as How to Overcome Temptation, or in other words, how to triumph over temptation. That's the biggest problem. And I remember the thing. I remember a story of a mother who was getting prepared for Christmas. And, uh, you know, during the time of Christmas, you don't need to put that up. During the time of Christmas, we parents are preparing a lot of sweets and getting ready to give it to the neighbors. And the mother called her son and said, John, listen. Mama's making some good cookies. I want you to be careful not to be eaten. This is for the neighbors. And if you eat, we won't have anything left. Okay, Mama. And he said, and he went to play. 
Mother came after 15 minutes and she found uh, John having cookies. With cookies in his pocket, cookies in his mouth, cookies in his hand. She said, John, what are you doing? Don't you know what it is to say when I told you, no, not a touch? He says, Mama, I'm sorry. When I came to have a cup of water, I got this wonderful smell, the aroma of these cookies. And I just peeped to see how good they looked, Mama. That's all I did. But you know what happened, Mom? As I was looking and I wanted to step back, I slipped from the chair and the cookie got caught in my mouth. <laughs> John! Mama, why are you scolding me? Go and look in the other room. Dad has got cookies stuck in his mouth also. <laughs> so, I'm going to look today at the oldest sin. The oldest thing, the problem that man has ever had. And we are going to go back and in looking into temptation. And if we are going to look at temptation, we have to go down the memory lane. Where did it begin? And we have to go to our first father. Not God the father. The second man, Adam. And see where it began from there. We will face temptation. It's difficult to say no when you want to say yes. It's very difficult. So, we must remember three important things. Yes, my sister. Three important facts about temptation. There are three important facts that you must remember. Number one, God tests us to develop our faith, our endurance, and our character. You must understand. God tests us. Number one, to develop our faith. Number two, for our endurance and our character to grow. That's the reason we are tested. Number two, Satan tempts us to sin in order to destroy our lives and our relationship with God. We should not mix it up. And number three, temptation occurs when we feel compelled to satisfy or fulfill our God-given desires in an ungodly and an unlawful way. We have seen three areas. And we must remember the three facts about temptation. Let us go back to verse 12 now and look at our study. The Bible says, blessed is the man. Look at that. Blessed is the man who enters temptation. And then it says that you will receive a crown of life. So that means we understand that there is going to be a prize. There is going to be a reward for enduring temptation. The word blessed, in other words, means happy. Happiness comes not from, it comes from having your life under control so that there is no bad habit that has taken control of your life. That is true happiness. When you want to, when you, when you know how to say no to temptation, that produces happiness deep within you. It's not the cars, it's not the house. It's not those lands that you possess. It's when you are able to say no to every arrow that the enemy throws at you, you have deep happiness within you to know that you are an overcomer. So, what is the reward? There is a crown of life. So, in the Greek word for crown of life is life itself. So, when you talk about crown, don't think that you will receive a crown on your head. You will receive life itself. And how will you have it? You will have it abundantly, forever. Amen? 
James says, when you understand temptation, when you overcome it, when you learn to say no, then you really began to live. When you were able to say no to temptation, you now began to live a victorious Christian life. Now the question is, how do I handle this? How do I handle temptation? How do I say no when all I want to say is yes? How do I say no? James tells us the process by which we can overcome or conquer temptation. The process begins with understanding. In other words, it begins with a discerning spirit. And that's the reason very often I drive to the congregation, pray and ask God, God give me a discerning spirit more than anything else. So I will know what is from you. I will know what is from the enemy. I will know what is from the world. I will know what is from within. I need a discerning spirit, Lord God, so that I will not be carried away. The first point today is, when we need to understand the problem of temptation. Next point, my sister. We need to understand the problem of temptation. So what is temptation? In simple words, temptation is only an invitation to do evil. Simple words. Don't make it too complicated. It's an opportunity given to you to do something that is wrong according to the word of God. For example, it's a good thing for a person to pass his driving test. Is it not a good thing? It is a good thing. But it is wrong when you desire to bribe in order to pass. The test is the, test is the trial. But the decision to cheat is sin. You've got the concept now. First one, be realistic about our temptation. We must be realistic about our temptation. That, that is, I have to know that I will be tempted. I am tempted every time. You will be tempted every time. Pastor will be tempted every time. All of us will be tempted every time. Temptation will come to everyone. Reality is, we all will be tempted. We don't know when. Turn the books to the Bible to 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. Have you seen that? No temptation. I want you to underline the word common to man. Do you know what is the meaning of common to man? We are all in the same boat. You can be a missionary. You can be a pastor. You can be an evangelist. You can be a mighty man. You can be an ordinary man. What is common to man? So, even at this very moment, do you know, everybody in this church, at least 80% will be, get, be tempted right now. Do you know that as you are sitting here? Do you know what's the temptation that will come to you? The moment you see a person who you don't like preaching, the first thing is you put on your phone. You pretend to show that you're, that you're reading the Bible. You'll be tempted. You switch off. And then you come back. The enemy will say, just go one thing. And then start, suddenly you'll find yourself going to a site. You will go now off. You're gone away. You will start reading different books. And now the person next to you also says, go to that site. Maybe that you will find a better one. <laughs> and we will all fall into this temptation. Do you know, very easily, if you are not careful, 
the enemy will take us for a ride. Now the question is, it is not sin to be tempted. Understand this. It is not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin to give in to temptation. That's the sin. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15, the B part, the last part. Hebrews chapter 4, the last part. The Bible says, But one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Amen. Jesus was tempted in all points, just as we are, yet he did not sin. I meet a lot of Christians who are so frightened of temptation. Do you know that? They are so scared of temptation. And sometimes you, you think, now let, let us be honest. I want you to be honest. Don't tell it loud, okay? We'll all run away from church. I want you to be honest. Sometimes when you're sitting down, can you imagine the thoughts that come across your mind? I get crazy thoughts. Don't come near me when I'm sitting alone. We all think. We all think. Sometimes you get the thought because you're angry. You just want to slap somebody. Because you're so angry. Sometimes you get the thought to steal. And you think, where did that come from? Where did that thought come from me to take that? You want to take a pencil from the office. You want to take a pen from the office. You want to do something. And suddenly this, this thought comes. You're doing something wrong. Where did that thought come? You are a Christian. But where does that thought come to steal? What about the wicked things that we think when you're alone? What about the fantasies we go on? Now, how about the women? How they wish their mother-in-laws were dead. I have to say that softly. Are there any mother-in-laws here? Thank God. I have got an hallelujah from you. We wish somebody was dead just because they don't walk in our line. We wish that. And then we wonder, where did that come from? Why did I think of such a thing? I'm a Christian and how can I wish for somebody to die? Just because the, uh, a, a brother from a different denomination believes something you wish that they all should perish. And then you wonder, why is this such wickedness in my mind? The second part is, be responsible for our temptation. We need to be responsible. We don't want to be responsible. We want to blame everybody around us. Anybody. We blame the government. Let us look at verse 13. Verse 13, the Bible says, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. But what do we do? We blame everybody around us. Just because we do it wrong. Some people say, It must be God's will. Or the sickness would not have come upon me. I am sick because God wants me to be sick. You are blaming God. Oh, God has given the sickness, so this is my cross to carry. I need to carry this cross and walk. God has not asked you to carry that cross. And then we blame God. Be responsible. Don't blame. Don't take your things and throw it at somebody else. It's a sign of immaturity. My second point is, we need to understand the process of temptation. What is the process of temptation? We need to understand that. Number one is we need, yes my sister, number one we need is to be ready. We need to be ready. When temptation comes, you've got to be ready. You've got to be prepared. Jesus said, watch and pray that you don't fall into temptation. Peter says, be on your guard. Paul says, put on the old armor of God. And what it says, be ready. Be prepared. 
they all have said only one thing, and one thing that is in common is be ready. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 12. So if you think you are standing firm. Yes, if you think you are standing firm. If you think you are a leader. If you think you are an usher. If you think that you are the pastor. If you think that you are a council member. Be see what careful. the Bible says. Take heed. That you don't fall. That you don't fall. So how do I prepare for temptation? Now the question is, how do I prepare? How do I get ready? Brother Claudio, you are talking about this. But how do I get ready for temptation? By understanding how it operates. You need to understand how temptation operates. Let us quickly go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. 2 Corinthians 2, 11. It's, the Bible says, In order that Satan might not outwit us, we are not unaware of his schemes. Yeah, his devices, his schemes. Satan should not outwit us. That's the reason you've got to be ready. God wants you to know how the enemy operates. God's enemy is your enemy. Don't make him as a friend. There's one thing very good about Satan. I don't speak anything good about Satan, but just for this one time. There's one thing very good. You know what is that? Satan is consistent. Do you know that? Yes. Okay, let me, I'll show this to you, okay? Doesn't the Bible say that God says, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you? Correct? Do you know that Satan has the same strategy? God says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Satan said, I will also do the same. But only thing I won't forsake you, I will make you. Yes. That's the reason the Bible says, I am going about like a rowing line. I am looking for someone to devour. God says, I will never forsake you. But Satan says, I will make sure that I will put you in prison. Satan has an exact opposite strategy of what God has got. God has got a thing for to bless you. Satan says, I will destroy you. My brothers and sisters, temptation is a process. It's not a one time. It doesn't just happen like that. James outlines four steps. Today we are going to look at four steps that James outlines that the devil uses in order to tempt you and me. There are four. The first step is what Satan does is, the step one is desire. Verse 14, the first part. Verse 14, the first part. Therefore, my dear friends, flee from idolatry. Each one, James 14a, it says, each one is tempted when by his own evil desires. You see that? You are tempted because of your own evil desires. The first temptation is, the step of temptation is desire. I want to show you something. It's okay. To have desires, it's not wrong. A desire to eat biryani, Pastor Sean, is not wrong. Okay, to eat pulao rice is not wrong. It's not wrong to drink. I'm not talking about alcohol, okay? Don't say, Brother Claudie said it's okay to drink. It's not wrong to drink. It's not wrong. It's a good desire to sleep. It's a good desire to have to sleep. It's a good desire to have sexual needs. It's a good desire to accomplish things. But you know something? God gives us His desires and they are good desires. But these are good gifts that God gives us. But those desires, when they are out of control, they become destructive. The same good desires, which are good for us, when they are out of control, they become a destruction. 
Satan loves to take the routine desires that God has given you and turns that into a runaway desire. The normal things that we are supposed to have between a relationship between husband and wife, he turns that around and he makes it into a runaway desire. We sometimes are consumed, obsessed by it, either by food, work, having fun, having sex, greed for money. We become obsessed with it. These legitimate desires, when they are out of control, they become a problem to us for our spiritual walk. The second step is, the second step is deception. The first one that we've seen is desire. The second one is deception. Verse 14, the second part. He is dragged away and enticed. I want you to underline those two words. Dragged away and enticed. James is using a different sportsman's uh, uh, philosophy. He's dragged away. Dragged away, do you understand? It's a hunter's term, which literally means snared into a trap. You know, an hunter, when he puts a trap, he makes the, the prey come towards his trap. And that's what James is using. And then James uses a second term. You know the word entice? It's a fisherman's term. James being a fisherman, now he's using a different term. I'm sure he would have gone fishing, 100%. Fishing, uh, the fisherman term, entice, means lured by a bait. Do you know something? I think um, Daryl and Romeo will be able to say, do you know what's this? It's a bait. Do you know that? Very colorful. This is what Satan uses for you. He uses a beautiful bait. That beautiful woman crossing a road will say, oh, my wife doesn't look even half like her. Hallelujah, I got that. <laughs> the money that is there kept for such a long time, nobody knows the accounts in the office. Nobody knows it. I have a need. It looks very attractive. But you know what? That Under that bait, there's a hook here. And the moment you touch it, you will find yourself hooked up. The bait is very beautiful. Whenever you see anything too beautiful, not your wife, okay? I know your wife is wonderful. <laughs> I'm going to be in trouble one of these days. Whenever you look at a beautiful bait, be careful what is inside that bait for you. There's a hook. And that's what Satan uses. If you want to catch the right fish, you need, you need the right bait. The question is, I want to ask you, what is the bait that the enemy is using for you? Do you know there is a bait put up for you? Each one of you. Don't say, it's not for me, it's only for Pastor Abraham, he's the pastor of the church. No. It's even for a small kid in the church. The bait is up in your life. The question is, what is the bait that the enemy has put for you? Do you know some of our baits is anger? Your wife says something and you stir up and anger comes, he got you. He makes your wife talk nonsense and you hate it and you, you give it to her. The bait could be lying. Your boss asks you something and you know if you tell the truth, you'll be gone to India tomorrow morning. And just for one time, Lord forgive me, just this one time, you'll lie to your boss. Satan says, I got you. The bait could be stealing. It could be slandering somebody, telling something. So what is the bait that Satan has used in your life? At some given time, he gets you. And the moment that wolf gets caught, you can't go. You have gone. And then you wonder, do you know many of us, we like, we like nibbling at that bait. 
we see the hook. We see it there. We say, ah, it's beautiful. Just once. Just once I'll watch this movie, nobody will know. I can go to God and say, I'm sorry. Just once. And then he says, I got you. And then your mind starts imagining crazy things. People keep saying, I know what I'm doing, especially the youth. I know what I'm doing, Mama. I'm an, I'm an adult now. Leave me alone. I will not get hurt. I know if I go out in the dark, I won't get hurt. Leave me alone. And suddenly, leave me alone is, you're going to step two. Desires turns to deception. And now you're deceived. Desires turns to deception. Deception turns to disobedience. Deception goes into disobedience. The third step is, is disobedience. Verse 15, the first part of James. 15, first part. Then after desire... Ah, after desire... Has conceived. When desire is conceived, when I see it, I like it, what it does? It gives birth to sin. Ah, now it gives birth to sin. The desire was there. It got conceived in my heart. And now it gives birth to sin. So where does this imagination come from? Have you ever thought of it? I was just talking earlier. Where does all this imagination come from? How many of us as children we used to imagine? I did. I don't see any. No one was a child here. All came out as adults and they walked into the world. We are ashamed to say that, you know. You know how my imaginations came? I had a friend who used to tell stories every, uh, every Sunday. Sunday was story time after lunch. I lived in a boarding for, for 10 years in a boarding. I went to a boarding at the age of 5. And every Sunday afternoon after lunch, 8 or 10 of us will wait to sit around this boy. And he would tell a story for 2 hours. And you know what was the, what was the payment? I had to massage his legs, sh- shine his shoes, wash his clothes. And each of us had a job to do just to listen to that story. And you know, for those 2 hours, we were never children. We were flying. Imagination was far beyond we used to wait to hear that story so that I met. You know, and then we come back to earth after those two hours. We come back. So, hearing is number one. Number two is seeing. Do you know? Seeing is another place. You watch something. The other day, I need to share this with you. Being a teacher, I have to prepare a lot of videos for my students. A lot of videos. And every day, I have to find something new to teach them. Just like I find something new to teach you all. I'm a, I'm a comedian here at times. Just to keep you, uh, you know, focused. Otherwise, you might go to sleep. So, in order to find new videos for my students, I went on the site and I typed, and fap, I got the most ugliest things in my life. Imagine if you are not a child of God, and those things come up. Can you imagine what your children are seeing when you're not around? Be aware of what your children watch. And there was this flash of what eight scenes, atrociousness, for one second, and I didn't, let me tell you, I didn't type it, okay? It just popped up. So now the question is, we have to be careful with our eyes what we see, and be careful with our ears what we hear. How many of you as old as me can remember this song? It's a Sunday school song. Oh, be careful little eyes what you see. Just put up your hand if you know this song. Praise God. Would you like to sing that with me? Amen. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. 
For your Father up above is looking down with love. Oh, be careful, little light, what you see. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. For your Father up above is looking down with love. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. For your Father up above is looking down with love. Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. Oh, be careful, little hands, what you do. Oh, be careful, little hands, what you do. For your Father up above is looking down with love. Oh, be careful, little hands, what you do. Be careful, little mind, what you think. Oh, be careful, little mind, what you think. For your father up above is looking down with love. Oh, be careful, little mind, what you think. I love the Friday, Friday school, Sunday school songs. It's nice to be a child once in a way. We have grown too fast. And the grave is too near. We have to keep that far away and become a child once in a way. First, the devil gets your attention. He has that desire, that desire that is there. He takes that desire and now he manipulates that desire. And he says, that desire now is your need. The desire is there. Good desire. But he tells that and says, no, this is your need. For example, a house. It's a good desire, Correct? Having a car, good desire. Is it wrong? No. Having a cell phone. Now what the enemy does is, he creates an opportunity while you are in the office. Somebody comes to you, you sign a document, and after a few days, you get a beautiful cell phone. And you will come and say, brother, praise God, this was given to me from my office. Somebody gave it to me. But you didn't understand the concept why he gave it to you. Maybe you are an eye authority. You have to sign some documents. And then in your bank account, money is gone. Have you seen that? But you think that that person gave it to you because he likes you. He doesn't like you at all. He's just giving that to you because you have signed something for him. So you have to be very, very careful. Be very careful how the enemy manipulates you to take a bribe unknowingly or knowingly. And if you know that has happened, I challenge you. Give it away. You don't have to hold. Don't let the enemy hold that onto you. When you know that you have received a bribe. Don't do that. He knows if he can get your attention. He eventually makes you commit it into action. Some people say, what is the danger, Brother Claudie, in just having an armless fantasy? It all starts with a fantasy. And from fantasy or a dream. Sometimes that fantasy could be three years, four years back. And after four years, the enemy will bring it into reality. The fantasy could just be a small seed sown into the ground. You will forget about it. And suddenly one day, that fantasy comes into reality. And you say, wow, that's the imagination I had. 
yes, it's come. Let me take control of it. And then you find that you have taken the bait and the bait has got you. Desire leads to deception. Deception leads to disobedience. And disobedience leads to death. My fourth and final point. Verse 15b. The fourth and final point is, fatal step is death. B, it says, yes, brother. When it is full grown, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. When it is full grown, it gives birth to death. My brothers and sisters, so what is death? The question is, what is death? The opposite of living. The opposite of living is death. Separation. Separation. Spiritual separation from God. Spiritual separation. James says, we, we are free to choose how we want to live. I want you to hear this very carefully. Church, don't sleep now. You are free to choose how to live. But you are not free to choose the consequences of that. You are free to choose any way you want to live. It's your choice. But when the time comes for the consequences, you have no choice in that. I can choose to steal. But when caught, I cannot tell the judge, just give me one hour in, in the jail. He say, go. Spend a long time there. So you have no choice in the consequences. So be very careful. Be very careful. The third point is we need to understand, beautiful, we need to understand God and his gifts. If you look carefully, James now switches gears. From 12 to 16 he was going on, he was going on one gear and suddenly James now switches gears. He starts talking about the goodness of God. Look at it. Turn to uh, verse 17. Read verse 17, brother. Verse 17. Every good. Every good. Good. Ah. And perfect gift Mm. is from above. Every good and perfect gift. Every good and perfect gift is from from Above. above. Suddenly you wonder, why is James suddenly switching? Is James forgetting what he's talking about? He's talking about sin. He's talking about all this. And suddenly he talks about the goodness of God. There are three gifts that God has given to us. To conquer or overcome temptation. There are three gifts. And if you can understand these three gifts that God has given you, you will become an overcomer in Jesus' name. The first is the example of truth. The first is the example of truth. is taken from John chapter 14 verse 6. Let us look at the example of truth. Jesus said to him, mm. I am the way, I am and, the way and the truth, truth and, the life. and the life. No one comes to the Father Except through me. He says, listen guys, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. And let us turn quickly to 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 21 to 23. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example. Amen. Just say that. You see, one minute brother. Christ suffered for you, leaving you a... So don't say that you are the only one person suffering. There's somebody who suffered before you, who has led an example. So God has given us an example of truth. The second point is the word of truth. It's found in James chapter 1 verse 18. As we are going to conclude, James chapter 1 verse 18. The word of truth. Mm. He chose to give us birth Mm. through the word of truth. That we might be a kind of first fruit of all he created. Beautiful. First we see that God gives us an example that we don't have to say that we are alone. 
Second, we see that God gives us the word of truth. And third, we see God is giving us the spirit of truth. And that's found in John chapter 14 verse 17. The spirit of truth. John 14, 17 says, Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, ah. because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him, for he dwells with you. Number one, you see that God has given his spirit, not only one thing, the spirit not only dwells with us, but also goes with us. You see that? It says, he dwelleth with you, and he shall be in you. So we see, Three gifts that God has given to you and me to overcome temptation. Number one is the example of truth, that is Jesus. Number two is word. Number three is spirit. We have three. The fourth point, we need to understand our response towards temptation. What is our response towards temptation? James is talking now, all along James was talking something negative, and suddenly James talks about something positive. He is now refocusing our attention. James turns our attention and he says, number one, you've got to be reborn. In order to conquer temptation, the first thing is you need to be reborn. The single most important of breaking bad habits, we have to allow God to take control of our life. Let God change your character. You don't try it by yourself. You will, you will never be able to say no to temptation until the day you say yes to God. Verse 18 says, He chose to give us birth through he the word. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth mm -hmm. that we might be a kind of first fruits of all He created. My brothers and sisters, this is not talking about the first birth. This is talking about the second birth. He chose to give us birth. You seen that? What? That we, through the word of truth. At the, when you are born, you are not receiving the word of truth. It's when you are born again, is that the time you hear the word of truth and you give your life. So here he's talking about the second birth. Number two, we need to be refocused. We need to refocus. Number one, we need to be reborn. Number two, we have to now be refocused. It says the temptation begins with our inner thoughts. When we learn to change our inner thoughts, we will learn to change and overcome temptation. Refocus, instead of looking at what is tempting us, now we have to look at what are the things that we can look at. Number one, look at the word of God. Where do you refocus? Start turning your eyes. Do you remember that song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus? Look full in His wonderful face. Let us sing that song. We have to, we have to just turn our focus. All along, I've, I've accepted Christ, but now I'm going to turn my focus and walk. Like, shall we start that, brother? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look for His wonderful face. And the things of earth will go strangely. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. 
I've done that, Lord. I've given my life to you. Lord, I've changed my focus now. I'm not walking like this way. I'm walking like this. You can say, Lord, I've taken the thing, the strength to resist the temptation. Lord, now I'm avoiding all these things that you asked. But give me grace now to lean not on my own understanding. I'm going to trust in you. I know it's not easy, Father. It's difficult. Give me grace to trust in you. I want to conclude what Martin Luther said. He said we cannot stop the birds flying over our heads. But we can stop them from sitting. We can stop them from doing that. Many of us, we say, let that bird fly over my head, it's okay. And slowly, we find out that a bird is already having eggs on our head. My brothers and sisters, we have to be very careful. We have to ask the Lord, Lord, I need strength to walk before you. I need strength to serve you. There are two things in order to overcome. You need fellowship with other Christians. Find a Christian brother. Talk to him. Share with him. Tell him what you're struggling with. Tell him what you're going through. Don't find an opposite sex to tell him your problems, please. That's the biggest problem. Hello, sister, are you free today? Can I come and share all my problems with you? Then you see, you and sister will be in heaven. Find the same sex. Have a time of prayer. Have a time of intercession. Tell them your struggles. Go to a Bible study. We've been calling time and after time. Come for intercession. We love the bed. The bed is so comfortable. Listen, we are going to sleep one day. There's a hot bed there. Very hot. No AC. There's no AC. All stones will be on you. Why do you think you are enjoying this comfort of sleeping on this bed? One day our body is going to go down. Time and over again we be crying out, come, come for intercession. You want power to walk over, to, to triumph over temptation. Learn to sit at the presence of God. And last, get into God's word. Amen? Get into God's word. Brothers and sisters, I want you to bow your heads for a minute. Bow your heads for a minute. If there's anybody who's struggling in an area, I want all heads bowed, please. And you're seeing these points and as the Holy Spirit has spoken to you, don't be ashamed to confess. I want you to just stand up and say, Lord, I'm struggling in this area. If today is your day, just stand and say, God, I'm struggling in all these points that we put up. Be bold today. So if you stand for Christ today, you will stand for eternity. Don't look at the right, don't look at the left. Please don't look at me also. Just keep your heads bowed. And if you are struggling, there is a struggle that you are going through in some area. We had all these points. Today is your day to say, Lord, I want to turn my attention upon you. I want you to stand on your feet quickly. Those of you who feel, God, I want a second touch from you. Please, I want all heads bowed. Don't look at anybody. Please, don't take this time to look at anybody. Because if you glance at somebody else, you will miss what God has got in store for you today. He has got something in store for you. Today the word was for you. Not for your neighbor. It was for you. It's not for a group. It was for you. Take today. Ask the Lord. Lord, I want you, Father. Today that you will minister, Father, to us. That you will speak to us, Lord God. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that every head that is bowed, and every hand that is raised up, and every person that is on his feet, Lord God, 
Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God. You will minister to them right now. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that today you will touch them, Master. Touch them that they will never be the same again, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Please be seated. Let's continue to remain in an attitude of prayer. Just begin to thank God. God has taught us beautifully this day. Temptation was the cause of the first problem that we see right in Genesis. The devil came across to Eve and said something and that tempted her. Today the devil uses that same strategy. He shows a beautiful apple. He shows something in front of us. And God is telling us. God has given us practical ways this day of how to get that temptation not to be part of our lives. How do we overcome temptation? It's not what you and I can do. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 10 says this. He who loves silver will not be satisfied with silver. Nor he who loves abundance with increase. We will never be satisfied by ourselves. Everything always looks better on the other side. Something that the devil puts across to us, something that is forbidden from us, looks better, tastes better, smells better. But God is telling us, God has given us practical examples today. And God has given us the solution. Just look to Jesus. He is the example of truth. Just look to Him. When something comes your way and you know it's wrong, just ask that question, what would Jesus do? Take the stance that Jesus would do. And you have overcome temptation. How do you build your faith? Turn to the Word of God. The word of God is the word of truth. And as you read the word of God, you will be strengthened. You will get verses. You will get words of encouragement that will turn you away from temptation. Turn to the spirit of God who resides in you. And say, Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit. When temptation comes, blind my eyes to that temptation. Shut my ears to the temptation. Stop my feet from walking towards temptation. Tell God today that He has spoken to you. If God has spoken to you, tell Him that. Tell Him, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you have spoken to me this day. Don't think that this is a message for my neighbor. Say, thank you, Father. Yes, you have spoken to me. And you have given me the way out. You have given me the solutions. Father God, we want to thank and praise you, Lord Father. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this teaching that you have given us today, Lord Father. You have, you have reminded us, Lord Father, that there is temptation all over the place. 
And it is our desires that let us down, Lord Father. It is our desires that lead us to death, Lord Father. But Father God, we thank you, Lord, that you have also given us the solution, Lord Father. And Father God, I pray, Lord, that this day, each of us will desire in our hearts, Lord Father, and will implement it in our lives, Lord Father, that we will not walk in a way of death, Lord Father, but we will turn our lives and walk in a way of life, Lord Father. Help us remain focused on you, Lord Father, because when our focus is on you, there is nothing that can turn away and tempt us at that point, Lord Father. Father God, keep us focused on you, Lord Father. We commit ourselves into your hands. We thank you, Lord Father. We thank you, Father God. We thank you, Father God, for using your servant this day, Lord Father. For bringing us your word through him, Lord Father. And Father God, I pray, Lord, that multiple portions of anointing you shall continue to pour upon him, Lord Father. That he shall bring to us further words of encouragement, words of wisdom, Lord Father, in days to come, in months to come, Lord Father. We pray for him and his family, Lord Father, that you will continue to guide, lead, and minister to them and through them, Lord Father. We thank you, we pray to you. We give all glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. We shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God bless you as you step out.